Well, hello again. My name is Ryan Evans, and I am here with my co-host, Chaplain Deanna Barker. And we would like to welcome you to the third installment of Mystic Misfits. So today's topic is visions and dreams. What are visions and why do we receive them? Of course, visions sometimes come in our dreams or while we're daydreaming or lucid dreaming or if we have waking dreams. And then sometimes we intentionally seek out to receive visions through divinatory practices and, and methodology. Um, it basically, you know, visions come to us at any point in time and they could come to any any person. Some visions could be very powerful and um, basically worldwide changing. They could be life altering. Um, and also that these types of visions could be so provocative and so spiritually um, intense that it changes or adds uh, to uh, to religion to to uh, many different uh, members of a specific church or group. And then, of course, some of them could be really, really uh, very pro- uh, prophetic. So it just kind of depends. But that's the topic today. And I guess, do you want to start off or should I? You can start. Okay, so Deanna's going to start us off uh, with some of her research about visions in the Bible. Okay, so in the Bible we had many, 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 many prophets of the Old Testament. We had Abraham, we had Jacob, we had Joseph, we had Job, we had Pharaoh. Moses, Miriam, and Aaron, Daniel, we had Joel and Enoch, and if you were a person such as them after God's heart, Mm -hmm. um, you, chances are you got visions or -hmm. dreams from him Mm -hmm. to communicate, you know, his plans. Uh, Genesis 5.24 said, And Enoch, Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So Enoch didn't experience death. That's that's how pleasing he was to God, that he was just taken from the earth. He didn't experience death. Mm-hmm. Um, Hebrews 11.5 says, It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. So that's an example of a person who's pleased God and had walked with God and had visions and had dreams um, for the plans of God, from God. Um, the biggest one, and, and for me, in the Old Testament is Joel 2, 28, 29. And it says, And afterwards I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, prophesy, and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Even upon the men servants and upon the maid servants in those days will I pour out my spirit. The prophecy came to pass and fulfilled at Pentecost when the the disciples were in the upper room. The Rukh HaKadosh, which is Hebrew for the Holy Spirit, enters the room as a tongue. A tongue is a speaking oracle, and the Holy Spirit um, 
takes over them and they begin to speak in a different language and Acts 2 14 17 and the old and the New Testament says but Peter standing with the 11 disciples raised his voice and addressed addressed them them meeting the people the crowd of that time um, he says you Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem let this be explained to you so that you will know and understand listen closely to what I have to say for these men are not drunk, as you imagine, for it is only the third hour, which in those days was around 9 a.m. of the day. But instead, this is the beginning of and what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And as we said in Joel 2, 28, 29, Joel prophesies and had a vision that it shall come to pass in the last day that God declares that he will pour out his spirit upon all mankind upon uh, his sons and upon his daughters, they shall prophesy, tell forth divine counsels. And your young men shall see visions, divinely granted appearances. Some had physical app apparitions. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, we talked about earlier, Paul on the road to Damascus had mm -hmm. an encounter, had an encounter with Jesus. He had, mm -hmm. a, had that vision. Um, and your old men shall dream dreams. All of the scriptures listed tell us that what was for the Old Testament with Joel and Enoch is for the New Testament church. It's for us today. And we have um, that was, you know, established by Joel and Acts. Now, somebody may ask, why does the Lord give prophecy, dreams, and visions? Does God only give prophecy, dreams, and visions for a few? The answer, the answer is as is communicating with Christians is the primary purpose of the Ruach Hakodesh, the Holy Spirit. He mm -hmm. wants to communicate with us. This is not a gift that has to do with a task with building a ministry necessarily, but it's more for the Lord to communicate with His elect. This is for everyone as established in Joel twenty eight twenty nine. It's for everybody. It's for everybody to have visions, to have dreams, to have this. Now, there are three types of dreams here. They have the subconscious dreams. Mm -hmm. They even have satanic dreams, which is not of, not of God. And what the Hebrew calls chazon, which means to see, to see. Um... We have different visions. We have prophetic visions. Um, and all of that is in the same, uh, a part of the Joel? All of that, it, the prophetic visions are seen throughout the Old Testament. We okay, have gotcha. We have some in First uh, Samuel 9.9, 9, Amos 1.1, 1, 1, uh, Amos 7.12, Micah 3.6. We have that. Then we have oracle visions, questions and answers, dialogue between between God and the prophet. An example was Jeremiah's glimpse of the basket of the figs, one with good figs and the other with bad figs, uh, becomes the occasion for God to contrast the good and bad future fates, respectively, of the Israelites exiled into Babylon and thus surviving in Judaism. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a dramatic word vision. It depicts a scene in heaven that pertains to some future event on earth that the prophet is to announce. Example of this was Noah when God told him to build the ark. Right. 
we have revelatory mystery vision, which is when an angel dialogues with the prophet, the bizarre symbolic energy he sees, the purpose of the conversation is to reveal the veiled secrets of God's future plans. Now, example of this is when Zechariah conversed with an angel about a measuring line and learned about the plans for Jerusalem to be rebuilt. And we can see this in Zechariah 2, 1 through 4, 4, 1 through 6, and Daniel 8, 10 through 12. So it's clear that prophecy, dreams, and visions are for the church today. In Acts mm-hmm. 2, 1, 8, 12, 18, where Peter stood up at Pentecost and spoke with the people, it's 50 days after Pentecost, after what is called the first fruits. Jesus died, rose from the dead, and what the Jewish considered the first fruits. In Acts, we see the disciples in the upper room, and they are remembering this. They This was revealed to them 1500 years earlier that's when Mm -hmm. Joel prophesied it from Pentecost it was 1500 years and I don't think they were expecting anything to happen like that in that upper room no that was quite the party so if we are really walking with God as Enoch did then we should be experiencing these things from God and it's clear and precise that prophecy sons and daughters shall prophesy dreams Old men will dream dreams, visions, young men will see visions. And I just like to lastly say Romans 8, 14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So this is for this is for everyone. This is not some strange thing that if it happens to you, you should think that, well, I'm crazy or wacko or I'm different or anything like this. This is the way God intended us for us to receive communication from him. I loved that, um, what you were talking about, what they said that you're, uh, Joel, right? Yeah. So Joel said that you're, you know, you're going to prophesy, you're going to have dreams, you're going to have visions, and then God placed his flesh, is that how it went? Or he placed the blood, his energy, what did he place on the flesh? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Put the energy on the flesh. Yes. Basically. Yeah. On the disciples in that upper room. Okay. So he, they were anointed. They were anointed. Yeah. They were anointed. But all of your sons and daughters, so basically everybody that would stem from that line and so on. Well, everyone. I mean, everyone. The, Joel says, and Joel says, even upon the men's servants and upon the maid servants. Oh, so that's definitely everybody. That's yeah. everybody. That is definitely everybody. Okay. Yeah, that is a very powerful um, proverb. Scripture. Scripture. Verse of Scripture. Okay, it's a very powerful verse, yeah. So, why is it then, yeah, I keep asking myself, why, why is it wrong to have, for people to think that, okay, well, I had a, you know, this type of vivid, intense vision, why, why is it, why am I? crazy and my hallucinating <laughs> what what is the big deal um we're going to get these types of things from time to time not everybody um may get something like joel but some people do get things like joel right and even more intense but surely those who who uh maybe not uh, be like enoch mm-hmm. and and you know but those who believe in 
Jesus Christ definitely mm-hmm. may definitely will get something or may get something mm-hmm. just believing in in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know who he's going to use to communicate something. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that sentiment because um, I, I have been blessed and privileged enough to have something similar to that. And um, that has totally changed my, my life and my perspective uh, on life and has since the first dream in, that I've had, or a vision through a, a basically dreaming. So, well, I guess let me just, I'll kind of go into it. So what I'm about to say... Not too many people know, except those people close to me, and then I've kind of mentioned it to you know, some specific clients of mine over the years. But starting back in 2008, um, I had a, a very intense dream session. Um, it was to the point to where in the dream, or basically I start crying, and that's how intense it is, but I'm, I'm actually crying. I know I'm crying while I'm sleeping. It's like tears are coming out of my eyes. That's how intense it was. And that, that dream was from God the Father himself. Mm-hmm. Now, I never saw his face, but I knew his presence. I knew he was there, and I may have, it may have been auditory as well. Um, but the dream was basically kind of like revelations. It was the end of the world. I saw the the moon turning blood red and falling and the stars disappearing and basically yeah, so it was a, a subconscious dream it was yeah it, it it was extremely vivid and intense and it basically starting then I had a series of additional dreams um but that dream did it that scared the shit out of me because that's how intense it was. I mean, I really thought mm-hmm. that at some point soon, you know, the world was probably going to come to an end. <laughs> but, and then, you know, keep in mind that, you know, even, even though this is what I do all the time, I, I don't necessarily read scripture by scripture, verse by verse of the Bible or revelations. So some of the things that I did see in that dream, I was like, where did it come from? Could have been a uh, consortment of like, you know, watching movies and things like that. Or was it just my time to have something like that? What was, and also all the other stuff that was going on in my life at that time. Um, So yeah, it was, it, it was about the end of the world. Like I said, the stars disappeared, the moon turned blood red, there were earthquakes. um, And I know that some people were being raptured. And it, it, many, many different things were happening in that dream. And then at some point, um, I might have been maybe six months after that or uh, a year. I don't remember the exact timeline. But I had another dream uh, where Jesus appeared. But I was in a movie theater. You know how you're in a movie theater and you mm-hmm. know, the screen, they don't have the previews or anything playing or some of those other things playing like before your the movie starts. The, the screen is just silver, basically. I know that I'm with a group of people, and other people in this are in the theater, and we're talking and stuff like whoever I was with, but suddenly uh, the face of Jesus appears on the movie screen. And it's not him um, you know, looking all healthy. It was the face of him wearing the crown, 
Um, so kind of like the image of the shroud of, of Torin that he's uh, seeing that, that type of image in the right on the screen. So you know, I'm looking at the person next to me and I'm looking at the screen and you see that huge face of Jesus wearing the crown of thorns. I don't think his eyes were open. I think his eyes were closed. That's which makes me kind of think that it was like from that shroud. But the face is moving. It's kind of like, you know, panning over the the people that mm-hmm. are in the theater. His face his mouth is not opening or anything like that. But you begin to hear his voice in your mind. So he's, you know, telepathically talking. And at that moment in time, the only thing that I felt compelled to do, along with everybody else in the movie theater, was to get down on my knees, basically, and you start. I started to cry. And again, I know it was that vivid and intense because I woke up from the dream, but I was crying. Mm-hmm. Tears were coming out, you know, so. And what basically what he was saying was, I am here, and I've always been here. That's all he said. That I'm here. So that was that was the second in a again a series of dreams. Um, I had several others. Uh, one of them was uh, with the Holy Mother um, and Jesus, and I was like lying down on a table, uh, or and while I was on the table, kind of like a massage table. Or something along those lines, like a, a bed or massage table. I'm looking down towards my feet while I'm laying down, and at the end I could see eyes, kind of like white and black eyes, and I see a kind of a silhouette of a head, and they're not talking. He's, I know it's a male figure, but he's not talking, and but I know who it is. That is Jesus. He's talking to me again telepathically. And then next to him, I see another figure pop up. And that person is wearing like a shroud, like a like a, a veil, kind of like a, a woman would back then at that time. It was just a kind of like a beautiful blue, uh, but maybe like a, like a royal blue color. And there may have been like white or gold trim around the veil area, the head, the headdress area, and that I knew was was his mother. And they began anointing my feet or rubbing my feet. That's all I. That's all I. That's all I could remember that they were doing that. Um, they didn't really say anything, but they were rubbing my feet, and to me that was extremely symbolic. Um, and just kind of telling me that in terms of the healing aspect, because that's primarily what I do here, right? I'm not only doing the readings and the services, like the, uh, um, like the cleansing and things like that, but I'm trying well, to heal someone. It's a high honor. I mean, if you remember in the Bible, Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there, I'm trying to remember if there was something else specifically, I just know that I think I may have heard the word anoint, um, 
and maybe that's what I heard repeated it was anoint 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 so um, basically me doing what I do to others healing them anointing them with oil or aromatherapy various aromatherapy oils to, it took me a while to process that dream um, thus the vision of it and and what Jesus and his mother was doing what was the whole meaning of it and mm-hmm. what I could come up mm-hmm. with was basically what I'm doing anointing people that's what he wants me to do that's what they both want me to do do that so that I guess through me uh, um, you know I'm just like a facilitator but they get to do what they do right we mustn't forget that also the lady servant in the bible uh took the expensive perfumes and washed Mm-hmm. Jesus, you know, so we, that's high honor. That was a high honor that she did too. So all of that's oh, that like, that dream was. I mean, the other two were extremely powerful, but that one to know that I was being touched by Jesus and His mother uh, in the dream. Um, that was, I mean, that was a reverence and a, an honor and a, a privilege and a blessing that I can't even describe. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I, it, it, it took me a while to reconcile that too, because I'm like, why, why me? <laughs> why, why should I even have these types of uh, visions anyway? There, I mean, there's nothing in my mind, obviously, right. special about me. But again, it, it took me a while to reconcile that and kind of you know, think through it methodically to figure out why. And the best answer that I could come up with was. I'm I'm the type of person that I I love science. I think I said this maybe in the first podcast. I don't remember, but I'm a huge Trekkie. I love Star Trek: The Next Generation and just the Star Trek universe. And I even like Star Wars, of course. But everybody knows that Star Trek depicts the technical aspects of science fiction and science technology, whereas Star Wars was all about the story and the saga. <laughs> I don't want to digress, but so I do believe that I that they they may have come to me because I'm somebody that can bridge that gap between science and spirituality. I again, yeah, I'm somewhat intelligent. I like to think, um, somewhat educated, but I just the idea that I understand science and technology and the concepts, but I also believe that even though some people will say this is pseudoscience I believe that both are one and the same and they both merge together spirituality and science and I'm just somebody that could understand that and that's why I was lucky enough to even receive that type of vision right and I've and there's there I mean there are others that I had that I've had over the years but for me to have as many as I have, and some people never get to experience. I'm like, wow. I mean, that it really is a, a, a an honor, a privilege. So I'm just like, wow. Right, right. But hearing that in that Bible verse, that scripture that you read about Joel, I mean, that makes complete sense to me. Good, good. I'm I'm glad it resonates with you. It does resonate with me, and I hope that it resonates with our audience as well, our members in our audience. Um, for anybody that has had some type of intense 
um, spiritual vision that may not necessarily be depicting you know the future future events but whether it is depicting something about um, Jesus or the Trinity or the Holy Mother or God or an angel or someone else maybe another saint prophet or something uh, there it doesn't necessarily just have to be a, a prophetic dream or vision but if you're experience if you've experienced things like that my advice to you would be write it down if you remember it write it down it doesn't matter if you use your phone if you use paper and pen if you use your computer just get it channel it out of you by writing it down that way we'll have it you know, you'll have it for historical reasons or um, just as, as uh, in terms of like a um, your diary just to, you know for personal reasons but right. write it down So, well, is there anything else in there you want to talk about? Well, you know, I've I've had dreams too, subconscious dreams and stuff. Mm-hmm. One of them being called ministry, mm-hmm. and and it it was not Jesus or the Virgin Mary like you, but it was an angel, I believe, mm-hmm. that that came to me and and said that this should be my path. Um. Do you, remember, do you remember when that happened? Oh, maybe 15 years ago. 15, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which I thought I was, I didn't, I didn't, at first I didn't pay no attention to it. Because mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, some side effect of one of my medications or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do, do they, they do stuff like that, sure. So I, I didn't pay attention to it, but it, it kept nagging at me, kept nagging at me and, you know, writing my um, binder books of sermons and lessons and things like that. I couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. It just kept nagging at me when I wanted to leave it alone or got frustrated with it. It, it just kept nagging at me. I personally, um, as the Hebrews, like I said earlier, the word chazon means to see um to actually see i don't think i would i would want personally an open-eyed vision Mm -hmm. so maybe that's why i haven't had them you know but the the book um i believe in visions by brother kenneth hagan is available on google or online in pdf format for free and he had six open by open-eyed visions with mm-hmm. the Lord um, once as a child on his deathbed because he had um, w- multiple sclerosis or whatever mm-hmm. so he was dying but he survived and he had another vision where he was in the hospital and he could hear the footsteps of the Lord coming down the hallway and the mm-hmm. door opening and seeing Jesus so he had six of those encounters in his life and it's just to say that he's not the only one who has had open-eyed visions and there's, I'm sure, intuitives around and psychics around that have mm-hmm. had open-eyed visions. But, you know, we don't say anything because the rest of the world thinks we're nuts and crazy. But he actually wrote about it and it's documented as a true story. So it's available online on PDF format for free. Okay, that is good to know. People can check that out and kind of get an idea. 
for yeah. themselves. Absolutely. You know, so you, you said something earlier, open-eyed um, vision. So I kind of wanted to talk about the different aspects of dreaming, right? Um, so that people can kind of get an idea. So you, well, actually, here, let me start with this. So when we talk about um, you know, going into meditation, right, a meditative state or just being aware and alert and conscious, being relaxed. So that, what we would want to look at is the brain waves, human brain waves. So there are five specific uh, frequencies and brain waves that control different aspects of our consciousness. The first one is going to be gamma. Now, not everybody does gamma constantly. So gamma is between 32 and 100 hertz. And basically gamma is going to be heightened perception, uh, learning, problem-solving tasks, cognitive processing. Uh, it's basically high, high level of information processing, memory recall, you know, peak awareness. And then also it could take you into transcendental states. So kind of like... You know, if we look at a spectrum, of course, gamma is going to be at the very top, but it could also, it, it as it says, with transcendental states, when you get to that very top, you're not necessarily just meditating. You're allowing yourself to kind of enter maybe a different dimension of thinking entirely. Your consciousness is going to a different dimension. And then you have beta which is uh, the beta frequency is are you know, 13 to 32 hertz. And that's going to be basically being, for us being awake, uh, an alert consciousness, uh, thinking and, and excitement. Um, so it's kind of like when we're focused, uh, we could pay attention to external stimuli, um, high-level cognition, analytical thinking and problem-solving uh, simulates uh, energy and action. So that's basically what beta is. And I think most of us are probably in beta most of the time per, you know, each day. Okay. Unless maybe we're like popping some Adderall or five-hour energies. <laughs> <laughs> then we might get to that gamma. Um, and then we have alpha. So alpha is between 8 and 13 hertz. And alpha is going to be a more of a relaxed kind of. So maybe like when we're just sitting down and watching TV, kind of become a, we kind of veg out. Um, kind of become the couch potato because there's times that I could be sitting down and watching TV and then I start to daydream or the tiredness may get to me the sleepiness right. and I'm kind of like in and out so here it says relaxed focus stress reduction positive thinking accelerated learning um, so basically if I put on the history channel or Gaia I might be at that alpha state because I'm still learning um, things that happen effortlessly. And then you have the theta frequency, which is 4 to 8 hertz. Now, theta is where REM sleep happens, and we spoke about the REM sleep, I think, maybe in the first or second episode. So REM sleep is going to be rapid eye movement sleep, and that's basically the dream state. Um, so deep relaxation, inner peace. That's also the theta could be the meditation frequency as well. Um, uh, creativity 
And then that's also going to be the states where uh, you might be able to have, quote-unquote, waking dreams as well. And then you have, see, is there something else that says about theta? Yeah, creativity, insights, deep states, dream, uh, deep meditation. Yeah, and of course, yeah. And then um, we have the delta frequency, which is 0.5 to 4 hertz. And then this is the deep, uh, deep type of sleep where you, you're dreamless. You're not necessarily dreaming. Mm. Um, but this also helps with the pain relief, anti-aging, cortisol reduction, increased healing, um, and then access to the unconscious mind here. So basically, um, you're also your body is probably not even aware of itself anymore. So that and so that that's the delta sleep. Now, quite honestly, I <coughs> on a, because I took Ambien for a while. I think Ambien probably put me in delta for at some mm-hmm. points in time because you just like I would fall asleep and then four hours later would okay. wake up and so I don't remember anything. Let me get this straight. So you enter REM sleep and then you fall into one of these categories. Well, you enter REM sleep in theta. Okay. So, so theta, you could actually just sleep and dream. Or you could do in, in theta. So we could actually get to theta while we're meditating. So basically, and this is what I tell my clients too, the sleep frequency, the REM sleep and meditation, and me, the meditative frequency are right there together. Because I have people that on this uh, table right here when I'm doing cleansings and stuff because the cleansing is also a type of meditation they kind of fall asleep when I tell them too it's like mm-hmm. if you fall asleep on here that's good because you're meditating as well but some people of course when they're meditating you could be awake as well because you're just just oscillating and fluctuating just a little bit in between both of right. those frequencies gotcha so um, that's very important to understand too, as to like what frequency you're using and how the brain goes in between these frequencies of being super aware and alert, being able to do critical thinking, to then just not even uh, knowing that you're asleep and your body begins to heal itself, and then being able to go between the meditation um, aspect, your meditative your meditative ability, and then the um, your REM sleep as well but again people could do it while they're awake too you know and i wanted to look this up before we did the podcast but um they did an mri of uh, deepak uh, chopra's um mm-hmm. brain while he goes into a meditation meditative state and it was one of the mris um that shows the um the illuminated parts of the brain which parts activate and you could see on the MRI the the color frequency and range when he's really going into a meditative state, the, which parts of the brain would become super active and how right. it would kind of become one color. So, but he was doing that, of course, while he was awake, and that's that's the goal for anybody that wants to have a true um, meditative experience. Maybe that's the key to mm-hmm. having open-eyed visions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um. So you have 
what I just talked about, which is kind of giving you a foundation of how the brain works in that regard, to you have lucid dreaming, which is basically when you're dreaming, you become aware uh, that you're dreaming, mm -hmm. and then you try to control it, or you might have some control of the dream. Um, obviously, if you're dreaming, a vision can come to you at any point in time. Um, and then you have waking dreams. And then so waking dreams, there's two types. There's the transitional state from wakefulness to sleep, which is called hypnagogia. And then you have the opposite of that, which is coming out of sleep, which is hypnopompia. And then, so anything could happen between that area. And a lot of people have um, visions in their waking dreams when they're kind of coming out of sleep or even going in sleep they'll have some type of vision and it could be really intense and you could have visuals you could have auditory experiences um, you could have tactile experiences out-of-body experiences and you know sometimes you you know that it's happening now but some people refer some um, psychologists and psychiatrists will still say that of course these are hallucinations and that's, and that's another word that we hear often, right? Is your vision a hallucination? Well, right. there's, you know. <clears throat> no, I wouldn't say that. There's I, just I, no I, way I, to really know. It's going to be different for everybody. Right. right. Now, I wouldn't say that. I just said they're having a subconscious dream. Mm hmm But if the, the quote-unquote hallucination becomes severe and they're, maybe they're constantly repeating themselves to a person, then obviously that could become really harmful. So you know, we would pray that that doesn't happen, but, um, and then maybe that hallucination really is just a hallucination due to some other type of maybe mental illness going on. But I've also heard and have seen, and of course this is, you know, you, everybody out there, you be the judge, of course, but that some hallucinations or people that have you know severe mental illness like schizophrenia things like that perhaps what they're seeing is real <laughs> but because yeah. their brain is tweaked at a certain frequency nobody else could see it right but what right. they're seeing is we can't necessarily say that it's not real so i mean I, it's just one of those things it's like where do you where do you sit on the spectrum um and you know, and then the other thing is like, if the medication helps, well, yeah, the medication helped, but it also changed up the frequency that their brain was in too. Right. So, it's kind of like I guess if you drive a stick shift and you know get stuck, the clutch gets stuck or something, and people with schizophrenia and other mental illnesses, their brains just kind of get stuck in yeah. those frequencies. So, anyway, I don't mean to digress on that, but. Um, and then you have daydreaming, right? Now, daydreaming, uh, there's not necessarily a definition for it, but the consensus for the um, characteristic, the, the same ongoing characteristic, is mild disassociation. Well, I daydream fucking constantly. <laughs> I don't care if I'm you know, using the restroom, if I'm in the shower, even if I'm driving. I mean, there's times that I'm driving and I could be going down the tollway or a freeway or something and, you know, five minutes goes by and I'm like, what the fuck? How the fuck did I get from 
that entrance all the way down to like you know Arlington <laughs> or to Grand Prairie or something like that because I could be daydreaming while I'm driving I'm still driving and I'm still in control and, and paying attention but it's like time just flew so I mean daydreaming happens for me constantly so that whole idea about being disassociated yes <laughs> that does happen um, now I know you have to daydream as well because we all do yeah, yeah, I, I do on mm-hmm. occasions. Not as much as not as much as I did as a child in school, but you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I still and do now. You know, sometimes the daydreaming is due to boredom, right? So, like, if you're bored in whatever uh, task you're doing or something, that's a that's a way for the mind to deal with right. that, to deal with the boredom. Um, but the the daydreaming part um it could definitely be beneficial because it's also it could help you with the creative thinking and future thinking uh it's basically all about social cognition you know um being able to process because i do this too while i'm daydreaming i process a lot of things about um situations that i was in um either with friends or family members or lovers uh, or customers and clients, and I'm like, you know, processing what I said, what they said, could it have been said something, could, some, could I have said something else, or put it a different way, or what if I would have taken this step and they took that step, and then that processing kind of turns into scenario playing, right? And playing out the different scenarios, how this thing could have unfolded differently. So I know tons of people that do that, and they do it all the time. Some people even do it during sex. <laughs> um, so it's not necessarily about f- fantasizing about somebody else. It's sometimes you, your mind could just go into these these different scenarios and di- these different visions. So daydreaming is just basically another way that you might receive some type of vision, whether it be from the Trinity or, or whether it be something prophetic or um, even just ideas ideas to invent something or create something so daydreaming is another aspect of that um, and then some people um, intentionally obviously want to have visions and dreams right right so spiritually there's a lot of ways to do that uh, people go on fasting um, journeys they might consume uh, magic mushrooms um, or some type of other uh, uh, exotic stimulus, so um, you know, opium or LSD or something along those lines. And then, of course, shamanic people, shamans have been ingesting all kinds of things for thousands of years um, in order to receive their dreams. Uh, that's not me, personally. I've never consumed like a magic mushroom or anything. I don't plan to. I don't like to lose control. And plus, I I know from my own experience and just whatever visions I've had or doing the divination that you don't necessarily have to detach your brain right. from your body in order to have a vision. I mean, I understand that by doing that, they could go maybe even further than what I can, but I'm I'm totally fine with where I'm able to go when I do sit down and focus on whatever it is I'm going to meditate on. 
Okay. Would you be interested in trying magic mushrooms? No. Mm. Okay. You've never tried them before? Yeah. Okay. You know, I know, I know people that are microdosing with them. I even have clients that have told me that they've been microdosing with them. So with shrooms or um, even some of the other um, exotic things that you could get. But I, I don't care to do that. No, I, I had enough mind-altering substances when I was in college, so. Yeah. Did you have a gay old time, as they say? <laughs> it was interesting. I can, I can remember going in the woods looking for mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Did, you know? So did you try them? I did try them. You know, uh, hallucinogenics. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I just don't care for it now. I mean, the only thing I'm going to do is, is have a bottle of wine or drink. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not doing any other type of mind-altering substances, mm-hmm. as they call it. Yeah, no, me either. No, I've never tried them, never will. Um, I mean, I don't even work well with pot. I when I tried pot, it makes me paranoid, and then it does like something else with my legs. And it's just really weird. When I tried it, it didn't do, it didn't do anything for me. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, it no. Um, yeah, no, pot is is not for me. But um, anyway, so you know, there, obviously Deanna um, referenced several scriptures, right? Of of just some people that have had visions and things like that. But, I mean, there's been tons. So there's been people that have had, like, biblical-type visions, and then there's intuitives and stuff that have had other types of visions. So you're going to get the mix out there, there you know, all kinds. But perhaps it stems from one you know, specific source, of course, which is the spiritual realm, the celestial realm, the angelic realm, um, all coming from God, basically. Some of that may be uh, people accessing the Akashic records as well, and that connection being there, um, they're tethered to it and receiving messages. So it's going to come from everywhere. Right. Um, a few of them that I have written down here is so the founder of Reiki, Dr. Mikau uh, Yuzu, Yuzu um, he was up in the mountain there in Japan. And he was fasting for 21 days. He was doing this, uh, his special fast, trying to um, figure out some idea of how to help continue to heal people. And then on the 21st day is when he saw what we now consider uh, the Reiki process, but um, ancient Sanskrit symbols. And that was his vision. And the symbols came to him and the explanations of what they do and how they're going to heal people and open up different portals of healing and accessing, um, you know, universal data, universal information, so God's information on healing and things like that. So that's one. Then uh, Emperor Constantine's vision of the cross, three twelve A.D. Right. And then, of course, we all are familiar with Constantine's cross. So, um, and then. Uh, Joseph Smith's visions um, that led him to f- the formation of the Mormons in 1820. 
we're not debating that legitimacy. There. We're just <laughs> that's that's not a debate. Um, but he had his vision, and then um, let's see here. We have uh, Saint Paul's vision of Christ on the road to Damascus, as we said earlier in the first century, and then uh, the prophet Daniel in the sixth century, and he had three visions. So um, you have all kinds of different visions there, and then you have like Helena uh, uh, Bovaski. And she was a co-founder of the Theosophical Society in 1875. But she had lots of different visions as right. well. And she was intuitive, basically a bit psychic. Uh, and then uh, one of the, I, I think, uh, one that's pretty commonly known is about Lourdes, France. So in 1858, you have Bernadette uh, Subiris. She was a 14-year-old girl. Um, and she kept seeing apparitions of the Holy Mother, um, from, let's see here, February 11th through July 16th of 1858. Uh, and she kept seeing the Holy Mother there at the grotto, um, outside of Lourdes. So you, again, you, doesn't matter who you are, what age you are, when a vision wants to come, it will come. And again, according to Joel, it's for everyone. It's for everybody. It's not something that is just meant for those that wear the cloth, as they say. Right. Um, that doesn't necessarily make you a prophet, of course, uh, just because you have a vision. But visions are going to be, you know, they could be very personal, intimate experiences. And you just as I said earlier, the best thing to do is write it down when you have a vision. Um, keep a record of it. Journal it. It's going to do something good for you by doing that. It's going to help channel that energy out of you. A lot of people tell me, like, you know, when I, like, if they're mediums, they're like, well, this spirit came to me and told me this. And I feel like I have this message to give. I'm like, yeah, you might have this message, but you don't always have to act on it. You received the message, and that was the act in and of itself. Best thing to do is write it down. Create some type of vision book, vision board, right. dream journal, and just channel out of you, out of your subconscious, into the into the paper. Um, and then some are going to be, you know, if 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 even if it is intimate and personal, like the ones that I've had. Um, you can you know, potentially start working on, you know, after you process it and you know, the potential meanings and impact of it and all that other stuff, the implications, then you can start doing some good stuff with it as well, possibly. So it's going to vary. So it's up to you whether you want to share them, whether you want to keep them private, whether you just want to write them down. But the main thing is just you don't have to necessarily act on it. You certainly should not think of yourself as freaky or weird or delirious necessarily. You, you just need to, to um, sit down, process it, and go from there before you take any action on it. Yeah, it's, it's very good to journal because you can go back when it comes to pass. Mm-hmm. Or if it, when it comes to pass, you can go back and look at the date and how long it took to get there, and mm -hmm. 
and validation that your dreams are just they're not just random dreams they actually have some meaning and some validity to them absolutely and then so say you are um intuitive and you're you're trying to do this uh professionally you're trying to do it to open up your intuition more and um increase your accuracy say you want to have uh visions so there are different ways that you can do that and to somewhat be in control of it but not necessarily in control but because it depends on how the information is going to come so nostradamus for example he would use a like a cauldron or a vat, smoke, herbs, things like that. He would also look into water, and then he would also look into. Um, I think he can't remember if not if he used mirrors, but um, so there's a technique called scrying. Right, 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 right. So scrying is basically when you look or gaze into something, and you're able to go into that meditative trance or state, and you're able to see things. So that's what scrying is. So, uh, I mean, I do scrying. I do it, too, while I'm daydreaming. Kind of both go hand in hand. Uh, and so you could use that. You start start using that. You could look into a glass of water. That's that's scrying. Really? You, really? Yeah, glass of water. Do you, do you use any crystals when you're scrying? Yes, you could use crystals. I mean, obviously, you've heard the term. I'm going to look into my crystal ball, that right. type of thing. Which I do have crystal balls, of course, and or crystal spheres, but no, I don't necessarily use those. Um, no, I look into um, crystals or I hold crystals, specific stones that really focus on elevating your connection with your third eye and crown chakra. Um, or you could also, of course, use tarot cards, right? You could use tarot cards... Um, and put those down and basically that's also scrying it's not necessarily just cardomancy or divination you're just kind of looking at the picture and see where the picture goes and you begin daydreaming all of that just kind of blends and meshes in together okay so there's there's different ways to do it um oh god even smoke so uh, you you could look at smoke and kind of day begin daydreaming and go into your um into that aspect as well or clouds it doesn't matter what you're looking at uh, it, it could be anything but it's every, anything that you're gazing into or gazing off into it's it's a form of scrying and that's you're, you don't know what type of message you're going to receive right until it happens so gotcha. yeah so anybody that is trying to to work on their intuitive skills, their divinatory skills, that's that's one aspect of it. So, oh, we're already at 55 minutes. So, I guess with that said, um, we're going to go ahead and begin closing this, uh, this segment. Are there any final remarks or words? You know, this is session, um, this podcast session was jam-packed with a lot of information. Yes, it was. So, to you viewers out there, if you do have any questions, feel free to write us. Absolutely. So, um, let's go ahead and uh, just, I'll just fill you in on the basics. So, um, I own a uh, metaphysical store here in Fort Worth, Texas called The Aura Clinic, and uh, Deanna... Um, has her big planet ministry um and if you visit our website mystic misfits 
www.ghostbusters.net. All of those links are there on the first page, and then how to access uh, Podbean, um, and then um, Apple uh, Podcast iTunes. So um, you can get to listen to the show for free, of course. And then you could um, visit Deanna's uh, uh, ministry online. You could visit my store um, and get a bunch of information about us that way. And if you have any questions, you could email us as well through the website. Um, and again, we're we're hoping that you guys, if you do have any questions, whether it be about the Bible or about metaphysics or uh, your intuition, uh, we would love to hear your questions. Again, no hate, though, but um, just valid questions. And then down the road, we're looking for people that maybe we could do like uh, uh, phone calls with and things like that. We could have them on. You could have, we could have you on the air as well so we'd love to hear from you so please reach out and um i guess with that i will say we will see you later and you will hear from us later and i'm sorry we don't know what our fourth episode is going to be about yet um but just tune in next week and uh, i'm sure it'll be very riveting just like this one was Many blessings to all of you, and much love.